Thanks for joining us today on the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate Podcast. Today, we are talking about tips to prepare your home for sale. We have our resident expert here, Tom Krieger. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jill. Appreciate it. All right. Well, so everybody, when they go to sell their house, of course, they want to get the best offer. They want to sell it, you know, as quickly as possible. And we need to help them do that. So I think the big question on everybody's mind is, what do I price my house at? How do I make sure I'm getting the most for my money? Everybody's seen Zillow. So I imagine you hear that a lot. You know, Zillow says, how do you handle that? Okay. Well, this is kind of going to going to be a current uh, response. We all now should know that Zillow is no longer buying houses, right? So what does that say? It says that Zillow wasn't pricing them right. So I think we've all heard the ad and um, garbage in, garbage out, right? right? Zillow found out that you can't paint with a r- wide brush in real estate. Real estate is always local. It's always hypersensitive to local things that happen. So to base the pricing of your home simply on a large company that has failed in what they're doing is kind of foolish. I can see that. Okay. So it sounds like one of the key factors then in preparing your home for sale is making sure you have the right local expert to work with. Exactly. Okay. So when we come in and we're interviewing for the job of selling somebody's home. One of the first things that I ask the seller is, Mr. and or Mrs. Seller, what are your needs? How fast do you need to sell? Why are you selling? What's driving the sale? Okay, why are you selling and what's driving the sale? Sounds the same, mm-hmm. but they're really not. Okay. Okay. How are they different? Well, what what's causing you to sell is I need money. What's driving you to sell is I can't afford my mortgage payment. Okay. Okay. So you got to dig a little deeper. So once we find out what is happening to the seller and why they're selling, then we start addressing the price. Okay. So if somebody doesn't quote, quote, have to sell, Mm -hmm. but I'll sell my house if I get $500,000 for it when it's really only worth 400,000. Then as real estate agents, we're kind of doing a disservice by putting a house on the market overpriced like that because it sits and it wastes other buyers' times. And it really starts to reflect back on the credibility of the real estate industry and the agents, right? Right. And okay. I would imagine actually probably frustrates the seller a little bit too Exactly. Then. So the most important thing is to price the home right according to the needs and wants of the seller. So if a seller is a real seller and they want to sell because they want to either move up or move down in size or move newer or move older in age of property. Okay. Okay, that's one of the things. So if they want to move up in size, you might have to try and reach a little bit for the price without putting it out of the market, okay? Okay. Um, If they want to downsize, it may be more important to them to just get the house sold because the house that I'm buying, the downsizing house, are selling quickly. So I'm willing to price my house a little more aggressively mm-hmm. so that I can sell it quickly. Another person made, I need to get every penny out of this house, Tom. So we need to figure out what is it that's going to cause us to get the most amount of money in the best time. Okay. And again, 
real estate agent should be asking questions on how to facilitate that need of the seller. Okay. okay? So again, the, having the local expert knowing the the market in your area, the you know target audience of you know people mm-hmm. that are looking in your neighborhood, how best to accommodate that, and then work with your personal goals. It, exactly. Important. Okay. And not my the real estate personal goals, but the personal goals of the seller. seller. It's also very important to understand that when you're pricing a house, the condition, mm-hmm. the views, mm-hmm. the age. The style, those are all important factors. You could have the same property that has fantastic views of like here in Tucson, Arizona, um, of the mountains. That house may garner $650,000, but the exact same model facing into more of a common area or mm-hmm. a backyard may only be worth about 550000 So views are very important in Tucson, Arizona, okay? It may be different when you're out on the West Coast or the East Coast or the South where you have views of the ocean or views of water or you're on lake property. So understanding what the relationship is to the view to the price of the property. In some areas, you can buy a lot that's 5,000 square feet, but it has great views. That lot's $95,000, where the same size lot inside what we call an interior lot is maybe only worth 15,000. Large difference there. And okay, so big difference there, big difference in what people are willing to pay for those different views in different areas. Exactly. Um, and then going back into the the local expert, I'm assuming you know we're here in Tucson. If somebody needs help finding a local expert where they are, whether it be East Coast, West Coast, something you can point yes, them in the right direction. Yes, we can definitely refer other top agents that we're associated with that will get you a great price for your house, help you find a house and negotiate a great price for the buyer and or sit down and just discuss the ramifications of what you want to do. So we have those connections. So please reach out to us for that. One of the other things, Jill, I want to talk about is when you do price the house, Mm -hmm. we, everybody wants to get the most amount of money. But what we're finding is if you price the house a little aggressively, you can create bidding wars amongst the buyers for the seller's house. So one of the houses that we recently had put on the market, I'm going to give you an idea, is that we put it on for $220,000. It was aggressively priced. We were able to sell it for $265,000. We got $45,000 or roughly 20% more for the house because we got people bidding for the house. Okay. So if I'm understanding correctly, when you say pricing aggressively means kind of right, right, in the right out, right in the middle. Right in the middle okay. in a hot market. If, okay. In a slow market, you got to be below the middle. But in a hot market, you want to be in the middle. You don't want to reach up too high. If you reach up too high, you're not going to get competition. And then you're going to get people that are going to write a little bit below. And then you'll say, okay, well, we tried to reach where we took this. And then when they're there, then all of a sudden they start beating you up on the inspections and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. All right. So we also need to think big picture and like exactly. the full, you know, actual sale of the house and counting in like inspections and things like that and figuring yeah. out our pricing. Okay. Yeah, and, and a, a really good real estate agent will be able to take that entire picture mm-hmm. and put it together for you so you can understand it. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So once we get past the pricing of the house and you know and figuring out our strategy there, then it comes time to actually getting people in the house and making it appeal to them. Right. So when we are talking about advising somebody on how to best do that, what advice do you give them as far as preparing their house to be you know seen for showings? Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. Well, I always tell my clients that you want to present your best foot on the first date. Okay. Right? Okay. You you don't want to come down with a a scraggly beard or curlers in your hair Mm -hmm. or your eye makeup not on or your teeth not brushed, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, who wants to go out with somebody like that? Who wants to buy a house that isn't clean? Who wants to buy a house that it's scuffed up? Who wants to buy a house where there's water damage showing? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who wants to buy a house where there are broken windows? Who wants to buy a house where when you open up the closet, it looks like it's from the Adams family, right? Right. When I walk into a home and I see that the home is clean, well cared for, it, the owners of the house have what I call house manners for the house, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable that they're not trying to hide anything or there's not going to be a, a weird thing coming in on the inspection report. Okay. Now, there always can be, right. but I'm more comfortable if I see that the house is freshly painted, there were some dings and maybe the baseboards, but they were painted and covered up. Um, with a nice fresh coat of paint, the walls are clean, the tubs are scoured, the toilets are clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you just feel more comfortable walking into a cleaner house. Okay. Yeah. And it just, you know, working with buyers, they walk into a place, you see one thing wrong, another thing wrong. And then I feel like people start looking for the exactly. other things that are wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like you said, cleaning, um, making sure paint's touched up, uh, a lot. As silly as it sounds, even burnt out light bulbs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah. If you can't change a light bulb and you're trying to, I mean, think about going into a store and seeing a window display that's half finished. Right. Wouldn't be very impactful, would it? No. Right. It has to be finished and your house has to be finished. You know, get the weeds out of the yard, trim the bushes back. Yeah, it takes a little extra money. It takes a little extra time. But in the long run, it's going to generate you more revenue. For your house. So your, your time and the little bit of you know monetary investment is going to repay yes. you in dividends. And then. if you don't know what to do, ask your real estate agent. Okay. They'll give you advice. They'll tell you where you want to spend your dollars. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so making sure you're spending them in places that will get you that return. Yes. It'll not, it'll, it'll not only get you the money you spent into it, but a profit on that money, if you will. Right. Now, a real good real estate agent may say, look at... Don't spend the money here because this is going to be a dollar for a dollar. There's no sense in risking that money out there. But if I'm going to go in, let's say, the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I'm in the kitchen and say, look, at, we really need to take these old appliances out and bring new appliances in. Yeah, that's going to be four or $5,000, but it's going to get you 12000 in a greater price. Right. Yep. Kitchens, yeah. bathrooms, all of that. Those yep. are those are big ticket items. Okay. Yep. And then as far as like staging the home, um, you know, obviously people... Oftentimes, they're still living in the home they're trying to sell. So we need to be respectful of that. They need to be able to live their lives. But what can they do to facilitate the sale, to make it appeal to more buyers then? Well, I think you take your personal effects out, number one. You declutter the countertops, okay? Maybe you have... um, paper towels in a paper towel holder, whether it's under the cabinet Mm -hmm. or upright, and maybe have your coffee pot out, and that's it. 
Okay. You know, you don't have any more in the kitchen. You want your counters to be clean. Same thing in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Put your toothbrushes and your and all that kind of stuff away so that the bathroom counters look larger. Take your closets Mm -hmm. and get everything lined up. And you know what? If you're moving, start boxing the stuff that's in the closet that you don't need. Okay. Okay. Take away extra stuff in your kitchen cupboards. Okay. In your bathroom vanities. Take all that stuff out and get it packed up right away. The larger the home feels when somebody's going into the home, the more well-priced it'll feel. Okay. So we don't want somebody walking in and feeling like, wow, these people are just bursting at the seams. Like all my stuff's not going to fit there. Exactly. Because they they take that and go, well, if they live in it, they're struggling with this much. Maybe we need to look at a bigger home someplace else. Okay. So all that stuff that's boxed up that you're talking about, okay to leave that in the garage? Yeah. I mean, reasonable in the garage. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you know, you don't want to take away where the car goes, but you stack it neat and orderly in the garage. And most people think, oh, they're getting ready to move. Right. You know, they think their house is going to sell right away. Maybe we should put an offer in. Okay. Okay. All right. So just making sure we take away personal effects, um, making it feel open, lots of space, clean, clean, definitely organized. Organized. Okay. All right. Closets are a good tip too. Closets are a big thing. And take your personal stuff down. I mean, nobody wants to see pictures of your grandbabies and all that. I mean, not that they're not important. I have grandbabies, but uh, they want to be able to visualize a house with their stuff in it. Okay. So a lot so of personal stuff take away. Trying to make it that um, storeroom ready kind of like exactly. very, yeah. Neutral. Neutral. In, yeah. Because what if it's a single person? True. Yeah. Okay. What if it's somebody that doesn't like kids? Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. You want anybody to be able to walk in and picture themselves in your yep. home. Okay. All right. Um, anything else that we can do to make buyers feel at home? We, I think we covered quite a bit yeah, there. Yeah. I think, I think we're good there. Um, one of the things I would strongly suggest is making it easy for your house to be seen. Too often sellers want to restrict the access and the availability. Now, you know that we are in an instant gratification society. Right. Now, fortunately for a lot of sellers, currently there mm-hmm. aren't as many homes on the market as there used to be, or they're currently um, starting to increase the amount of homes, but they're still nowhere near the amount of homes we're supposed to have on the marketplace. So. I say to the sellers, make your house as easily available as possible for these buyers to come in and write an offer because if something similar to yours comes on the market and that's easier to see, the buyers are more anxious to pull the trigger because they're afraid the houses aren't going to be around. So you'll lose the buyer for your house. Okay. So the quicker and easier they can get somebody access to their home, the better off they'll be. Exactly. And quite honestly, you know, if you're thinking about moving... uh, and selling your house, you want to start at least two weeks before it actually hits the market. So you can get the house prepped, you can get all mm-hmm. the marketing materials and all that stuff done. And then kind of like a Black Friday sale, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're you know, how it That's was for Black in. Friday. Um, every Black Friday, there's always the hype prior to Black Friday. Okay. The same thing when you're trying to sell your house. You want to have that hype out there. You want to get that marketing out there to allow people time to get prepared to come in and see your property. Okay. Yep. All right. And again, then relying on your local expert for the best marketing strategies and things like exactly. that for your home. Exactly. Right. And in different areas, you know. So even in Tucson, there are areas that you want to, 
you want to market these benefits for these areas, like around the university. We mm -hmm. can walk to the university. Okay. We, we, we've got off-street parking. Okay, we got a garage. Or in the maybe the 55 and above communities, go to the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, they're gated. They're close restaurants. We've got, a, we've got a fitness center and pools and golf and all that, right? Or maybe it's a new development outside of the city that's close to one of the interstates. So all you got to do is hop on I-10 and go wherever you need wherever to go. You want to go. So again, you want to you want to have time to create that story to the public to come to your house and say, "Here's my money. I want to buy your house." Okay. Need to create that excitement. Yep, you all got right. it. All right. Well, thank you, Tom, for all of our all of your advice and help. Um, and again, if anybody is looking for a local expert in their neighborhood, if you reach out, we can certainly point you in the right direction. Yep. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the U.S. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.